Welcome to a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole, and we reach 59. Hey. Episode 59. Hello, Carl. Unbelievable. It's almost coming up to my age. <laughs> It's getting closer to that. Another few weeks. Of uh-huh. Well, I still have some years to arrive there, of but... Of course. You'll always be younger than me. And we have a... A bit of news, aren't we? Yes. Uh, but the topic today of is course. interesting, because... It's related to, like you said earlier, poker face. Yeah, poker face. If you want to call it like that. Yeah. It's called Charmed. Charmed. And, and yeah, you will find out exactly what are we talking about with charm. It's an interesting subject and uh-huh. it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, just to remind you, mm. give us a like, give us a review, Come go on. to iTunes. Uh, of course, if you want, if you have the time. We will always uh, thank you for that. Yes. If you like the, the show, just recommend it to your friends, to your grandma, to your whatever, whoever you want. Whoever, whoever you know. Whoever you know, yeah. Pass it around. Uh-huh. We need more, we want more listeners. Yeah, why not? And it's, uh, if you have also a suggestion actually for the topic. A topic. You can always contact us uh, through Dark Mind Radio uh, Facebook or yeah. uh, through rabbit hole Facebook or yeah. email and in the website of Dark Mirror you have the voicemail as well I mean let's be honest we're never short of a subject but no but maybe somebody can think of a more yeah. interesting subject or well, an interesting subject that everybody would yeah. like to hear about something out of our normal um, exactly range uh-huh. shall we say but so, yeah let's go on with news so we can jump then after to the main topic come on then to the news Okay, the news of today have mm. to do with something out of our world, off-world news. A, pl- a planet far, far away. A planet far, far away, yes, mm. in a galaxy close, close to us. Close, very, very <laughs> close, yeah. In fact... In our own solar system. Right next door. Right? Yes. So we're talking about Planet Nine. Planet Nine. We have mentioned this countless times yes. before. We keep mentioning it in case they actually find it. Yeah, exactly. And then we can go, yes, we just covered that, yes. So, the previous theory was, hmm. Planet Nine probably was an exoplanet. A rogue. A rogue exoplanet hmm. captured by the sun. Hmm. In the early days. In the early days, of hmm. course. A few billion years ago. <laughs> yes. But right now, hmm. uh, the scientists have come to... Uh, Some other conclusions. Conclusions. Or proposals. Proposals, yes, because, well... To be 100%. They haven't found it yet, right? Yeah, exactly. They know they are, it's there. They know it's out there. Well, but they haven't found out yet exactly or spotted. They haven't put a scope on it yet. Yeah. Right? But now they say that uh, it's almost impossible that the sun capture uh, Planet Nine yeah. in the early days yeah. uh, or swap it away from a potential solar sister. So kind of pick it off a neighboring system or uh-huh. something. Or maybe Planet Nine was a rogue just wandering through and got captured by... And got captured by the by sun. The gravity field yeah. of the sun. So, the, so the, the talk now is, so if it wasn't a rogue planet that was captured... Then how? How the heck did it end up? Exactly, because... Uh, planet Nine is st- uh, calculated or thought that it's around 20 times yeah. the mass of Earth. And it's on a, buzz- a huge elliptical orbit. Exactly. Which means 60 com- degrees of the solar orbit. Yeah, it comes in quite close-ish. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it goes way out, right? And But- has, a, what is it, a 30,000-year orbit? Orbit. And the thing is, 
how come so much material also mm. end up in the uh, leftover in the leftover of the solar system when we can see how the material spread from the center to the outside yeah but maybe it's like we were discussing before maybe it was formed closer in but and something happened maybe an impact or something thrown out. yeah because i've seen other models of the early solar system and some of the outer uh, gas giants uh-huh. it's now thought they were actually formed closer closer in, and they actually through various shenanigans they ended up moving uh-huh. out <laughs> throughout the pinball game yeah, they end know, up the, crashing here the and gal- there and <laughs> the galactic billiard ball exactly. <laughs> so so i suppose there are all kinds of uh yeah kind of mechanisms but uh-huh like anything with science right now we don't really know uh-huh. Um so watch this space. Yes, uh I think it's interesting. It is interesting. It is interesting in that it's managed to remain hidden for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, now techniques I was uh watching actually recently a video about how actually they are measuring distances uh to stars. It's getting very fancy, isn't it? Yes. Very yeah, and the way you know, and they use a basic there's one very simple technique. Mm. Which is the typical that you close one eye, yeah, the, and then you close the other guy. The par- eye. parallax, the view, parallax view, yeah. and how clever they are now getting with being able to tease out information about exoplanet atmospheres. Uh huh. Things uh-huh. are moving pretty fast. Yes, because from the parallax view, we have make an evolution to measuring light yeah. traveling distance using these um, spectrometers. Right? Yes, and now we cannot even check atmospheres. Yeah, we're managing to tease out, despite the exoplanet being a couple of few wow. million times dimmer than the star. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We're still managing to extract this really clever stuff. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Anyway, so that is... That pl- it's, uh, that's our Planet 9 That's update. our Planet 9 news, yeah. We still haven't got a plan to go there yet. <laughs> no. No. I don't think so. I do- now, wasn't it uh, Discovery? No, uh, what's the name of the probe? Uh, mm, the one that already crossed the border of the... Or what we oh, thought Voy- was the Voyager. 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 Yeah. It's farther already? Oh, than Planet Nine. Yeah, uh, that's that would be interesting to know. Uh, to be honest, I don't well, know. yes, because uh, the first one, Voyager One, is in the Helia phase, isn't it? Which is the edge of the solar wind. Aha. Uh-huh. So presumably, you know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's that a, would be interesting to find out because imagine that uh, it would be awful for for Voyager One to get wiped out by Planet Nines. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be what they call bad luck. Bad luck, yeah. yeah. Wrong place. You survived eight, but the nine took you out. <laughs> right. yeah. You survive dodging between all the planets, the asteroid belt, the God knows what, but you get taken out by the the rogue. The rogue one. Yeah, makes uh, sense. Anyway, we'll we'll keep you posted. Yeah. So that was the news for today. Let's go to the main topic. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, charmed. God, the news. Charmed is uh, the news was almost as long as the <laughs> and, and finally. Yeah. Well, the the the, the topic sounds a little bit like uh, how can we call it uh, a TV are we series. On, are we on air now? Are yeah. you recording? This? Yeah. Damn. 
Well, she told me that. <laughs> you thought that we stopped or what? I thought we, I thought we were in a pose there. No. <laughs> I was going to say that the charm title of our topic is like the TV series, right? There is a TV series called, called Charmed, Charmed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. We, so, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start, right? So, obviously, our subject is called Charmed. And um, let's start with, well, you know, what is that all about? The definition of the word charming, you know, to be charming, is to be very pleasant or attractive. Uh-huh. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean physically, but it could just yeah. mean general impression given, so on and so forth. And maybe and, under that, we can make a note. Yeah. Name of a prince. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not claiming, you know, any ownership of this word no. whatsoever or <laughs> concepts, but we all know, right? We we all we all interact socially and we all know that when we walk into a room or a space or a party or whatever it is, that from the moment you walk into the room, people are starting to make judgments about what you are like. Yeah. And you've never even spoke to them. Uh-huh. These could be people you never met. And we all, to a greater or lesser degree, I think, experience a certain amount of anxiety yeah. when going into a room where we don't know anybody. Yeah, it's harder to start to interact. It, is, it is harder. You know, you, it, there's a, a gap there. There's a uh-huh. kind of, now, we're also probably all acutely aware of a certain type of individual known as a charmer Mm -hmm. and a charmer is one of those kinds of people who can walk into a room full of strangers and then when they leave the room somehow they've got (laughs) 10 new friends a lunch date for next week and an introduction to some industry leader or something Uh and we kind of we we kind of we probably all know somebody like this yeah and we kind of wonder you know what why are they like that and I'm not? Uh, like and this that. is going to be interesting because uh, nowadays, a lot of people uh, start to tell you or to recommend you, whatever is your business, go to conferences, go to events yeah. where you do networking with everybody. Networking, right? Yeah, that networking. It's the modern plague event. Yeah. It? Like, remember somebody said that I, w- I prefer to do pop working yeah i'd rather poke my eyes out yeah. with knitting needles than go to a network <laughs> event, and and it's because of this kind of event anxiety exactly because you don't know anybody how do you approach this yes how do you approach people well science is maybe going to come to the rescue because, exactly because there's actually quite a lot of research behind this whole uh concept and subject of being charming Mm -hmm. so what we thought we'd do is we thought we we would take you through some of the uh factors and some of the circumstances and some of the situations that you will come across and how you can perhaps look at addressing Uh some of your own behavior to reduce your anxiety and increase your charm your charm yeah being more charming what what could be Mm -hmm. This is good news stuff, right? Yeah. I think the most basic yeah. idea and concept out of this is yeah. that the first impression is how we look like. Yes. That's the first thing that people see when we enter into a room where we know nobody. Yeah. And we enter there. If we are with a Hawaiian yeah. uh, shirt, shirt in a tuxedo party. You said you'd never bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> 
And there you go, right? First and opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, everybody will spot you. Uh, what, for sure. What impression you give. But nobody wants to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a funeral, and I think that was the... <laughs> That, that was my first mistake. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh-huh. appearance, right? Yes, appearance. Um, for sure, people do make very early judgments based yeah. on how we look. And, in fact, uh, Alexander Todorov, a professor yeah. of psychology at Princeton, he has shown that people can make judgments about someone's likability in less than a tenth of, of a, a second, second, right? This is like yeah. snapshot decision. Yeah. Right? And obviously that would tell you that you need to pay some attention to your kind of what you're presenting, not only your clothes. Yeah, actually the clothes is just one, something like that, but the way you present yourself in your uh, yeah. gestures yeah. and your body language. Your body language, it's everything. Has big impact yeah. as well. They're all factors. It's body language, it's appearance, clothes-wise, obviously, and obviously your facial expression. If you enter with a face of being so scared. Yeah. If, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what they say, that animals can smell fear. Exactly. I, I actually wonder whether it's actually visual as maybe we can't smell fear as humans. But visually, we could see it actually in somebody's because, face. Because this is all about, I think we've covered this before, this thing about micro-gestures. Uh-huh. Right, these really tiny facial muscle cues that we're not always consciously aware of, but actually exactly. the old the old noodle is picking them all up and processing them. Uh, just like exactly a couple of days ago, there was this interview with uh, Steve Bannon. You know the guy that got fired from the White House, uh, the devil, the sixty minute, yeah. <laughs> and he was being asked some very tough questions, or let's right. say that where you could visibly look that they, he was feeling upset about them. Oh, really? And he started to uh, Pull twitch. Collar. No, to twitch uh, his jaw was doing oh, this uh, muscle, muscle twitching spasming. there. Spasming there. And you could see that was a clear sign that he was so upset about the question. Ooh. He tried to, you know, he was trying say to... things and keep posture. But it was so interesting to see how his own face wow. reflected what was actually going inside of him. That is very interesting. Yeah. That's I mean, why, yeah, facial micro-expressions. These micro-gestures, yeah, right? They're yeah. really key. And in fact, this uh, this prof, uh, Todorov, uh-huh. uh, he says that um, talking about things like dominance in any situation uh-huh. are uh, highly related to morphological features like your facial expressions. Yeah. Um, there are things like trustworthiness and even attractiveness, which are also highly dependent on facial expression. And you could say somebody is naturally good-looking, but if they constantly wear a scowl on their face, yeah, people aren't going to find that attractive. Um, so even if you are blessed, shall we say, with naturally good looks like you and I are, obviously, yeah, that uh, that is not the whole thing. And, uh, in fact, Todorov has a a quite interesting book Uh called Face Value, The Irresistible (laughs) Influence of First Expressions, Impressions, sorry, Uh which explores this phenomena of what is the immediacy of your facial um, look Mm -hmm. on other people. Um, And 
in fact, your facial expression does speak volumes, yeah. right? Because if you think about, for example, not all meetings occur face-to-face these days. So, for example, uh, video conferencing, even something simple like Skype, a Skype yeah. video, where effectively it's faces, right? Yeah. So your clothes are not coming into it, your body language isn't really coming into it, but your face is dominant, and it tells yeah. you how important this kind of micro... Uh, I think it's is. still important to have this kind, at least some visual contact with the person you are talking to. Absolutely. Well, as soon as you do, you have to take into account all this stuff. Yeah. You need to be aware of it. And interestingly, in terms of facial expressions and what is that thought to influence, there there was a study which we've given a link to which shows that facial appearance can be used to predict <laughs> the outcome of an election. Yeah. And interestingly, um, facial characteristics, uh, the, 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 the facial appearance thing was a study done in the US to do with elections to the US Senate. Uh-huh. Uh, but on a broader facial characteristics and association with competence, um, it's been shown that there are ways to successfully predict the outcomes of actual political elections in other and, countries as and, well. And it's been shown to be the case with studies done in Bulgaria, France and Mexico. And Brazil. And Brazil. And um, I think we've given a link to that as well. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I'll provide the link for that. But, yeah, 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 we can uh, put it on in the show notes. So basically, um, your facial, initial facial expression affects many things. And in fact, it's been shown, there's an, there was another study done that showed that your people who were perceived by their facial expression yeah. to be less trustworthy were less likely to get a loan. Yeah. Which is like, this is important. Right? Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this thing of uh, face-to-face meeting and face-to-face uh, analysis, especially when you're talking about some serious things, Yeah. I think it's uh, so important to still happen. Absolutely. And for example, right now I'm in a situation where in this uh, American football team I'm on, uh, coaches meetings, we started to have some people not attending for whatever reasons. Right. And it's hard to actually keep this because you cannot see them. Oh, you cannot you do cannot audio. Ha- hold the same level no. of communication if you don't see a face and expression. No, because the quality... It changes completely the way a conversation is done. Well, it's like doing it like the behind the screen, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. You don't know how some people is reacting. You don't know what they are thinking or saying behind yeah. the microphone mute yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, it creates... Uh, it's a barrier. A barrier mm. and a level of... Uh, not uh, uh, on trusting well, the again, person. You're absolutely right. It, consciously or not, I think it affects your your ability to trust. Exactly. You can't trust. And the belief factor drops, mm-hmm. I think, doesn't it? So when you meet face-to-face, at least you have the chance to make that, that impression, that impression mm. and maybe tr- people trusting you. Exactly. So it's important that you understand and pay attention exactly to to what uh, your face is conveying right mm-hmm. so so as we were saying that um 
people will make judgments and base decisions about you as an individual on your face. And this study that was done about people applying for loans, Mm -hmm. um, lenders were actually making employee status and credit history decisions based on how people looked, which is really, Mm -hmm. really key. And going back to um, our Professor Todorov, um, who's studied this for many years, Mm -hmm. uh, he said that while you're not able to control, you know, the physical features of your face, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, it is possible to actually alter your expression. And smile. And the simplest thing you can do is smile. And uh, Todorov, in his studies, has used uh, data-driven statistical models to build algorithms that can manipulate virtual faces, shall we say, uh, to make them look more or less trustworthy. And what he found was that um, the most trustworthy look was also the the happiest look, right? And basically, people will perceive, this is what Todorov is saying, people will perceive a smiling face as more trustworthy, warmer, Warmer. and sociable. Yeah. Now, we may actually think, well, this is obvious, it kind of is intuitive, but if you're not consciously aware of how yeah. you look, yeah, exactly. you, you could be breaking, you might be judging other people <laughs> and giving completely the wrong signals yourself. Exactly. So, and there, there is a very interesting example over there yeah. in a picture, in an image that we have there. Yeah. And it was one of those digital changes yeah. of faces. It's it, one of these models, right? Models in which we see on the left side, the trustworthy, and mm. on the right side, the untrusting Correct. person. Yeah. And one of the very interesting things that you notice first when you see a person and maybe you don't notice mm. is the eyebrows. Yeah. Look at the eyebrows. Yeah. And you will see it in the notes. Show us. We will put also this picture so you can see it. Yeah. When your eyebrows are pointy outside, like you're yeah. upset or you're like this, yeah. Yeah. that is a sign that you're uncomfortable. You are yeah. upset or you are... Which is a, showing something. That, which is a classic, of course, that you see in cartoons, yeah, right? Exactly. Right? That's how they use in cartoons to yeah. make expression of yeah. upset, being I like a V shaped eyebrow. Exactly. Right? Or the other way, right? A hat down. Yeah. yeah. So, and also you can see it in the shape of the mouth right? and the nose. Yeah. Because your nose, unconsciously, you can start to expand your, uh, yeah, your nostrils. Your yeah. nostrils. Yeah. And take. Deeper breaths. Yeah, yeah. That means that you are also altered by yeah. something, and you are, you know, in this tension. Yeah, or uh, you may have a cold. Exactly. <laughs> that could be as well. <laughs> but then your mouth or your eyebrows will give you away. <laughs> yeah. But it, the, the, I think the point is that these are quite subtle. Uh-huh. But you need to be aware of them. You need to be them. aware of them. And yeah. and you may be making the mistake, as we said a couple of minutes ago, of judging other people by these things, but not actually realizing... On yourself. ...what you are doing, right? Uh-huh. Um, and all these kind of uh, signs, hmm. sometimes we say, I don't know why, but I, I have a good feeling with this person. Yeah. Or, mm, I don't feel very good with talking yeah. with this person. I don't know. There's a feeling there that I don't know. Maybe sometimes it's this exactly influence that we don't perceive that we were uh, exactly. paying the, attention to it. The like hidden communication channels that you just need to be more aware of. 
Uh-huh. And once you're aware of them, then you'll start to think with them and so on. Um, one of the things um, that you can actually use, you could, for example, find yourself in a situation where you feel as if you've not made a very good first impression, maybe your facial impression facial impression was not very friendly or whatever, but you can actually recover from that. There are ways of recovering from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things is to actually engage with the person, kind of ignore the fact that you have this feeling you've not made a very good impression and actually work on using uh, the next few seconds or the next few moments to actually discover something about the other person and use that to try to get them to look at you again, shall we say. And in fact, Todorov uh, found that if you can come up with something that impresses on the mind of the other person, it can actually override the initial poor assessment of you that they may have formed as an individual. So there there are ways back, but it's better not to get there in the first place. And it is a quality or a or a um, a characteristic, a tool that you can use in so many different roles in life. So, for example, contrary to popular thought, um, being likable can be very beneficial in business. Now, there's a lot of kind of stuff out there about successful business people are very hard and very, um, you know, they're, they're not very friendly. They're very kind of, you know, just not very friendly. And actually the opposite has shown to be true mm-hmm. that entrepreneurs with better social skills are more likely to be successful than those who are not. So, and workers who work for somebody who are well-liked are better at getting their way at work and Mm -hmm. without a doubt probably get promoted more. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, this kind of, um, idea that people in business or entrepreneurs can't be nice is a complete (laughs) fallacy. Yeah. And, And the problem is, that generally speaking, I think it's like, it's the reason why newspapers only publish bad news, right? And the thing about entrepreneurs or business people potentially having overall a not very good reputation for likability, shall we say, Mm -hmm. is because they're more noticeable, the ones who are not likable. And the ones that are likable are a bit more invisible. Their, Their influence is more... Um, Deluated, if you tentative. Wanna. It's uh-huh. it's not in your face because dislikable is a threat. Yeah, and so certainly, you, and so you you're assessing that undislikable business person mm-hmm. based on your own threat uh, instincts. Yeah, whereas a nice business person is not a threat mm-hmm, and therefore mm-hmm. tends not to be as memorable, shall we say, or, yeah. or not as in the front part of your consciousness because they're not a threat. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is potentially where these kinds of thoughts come from. But um, it's thought that because of 
the way the workplace is changing in this 21st century, particularly, that old hierarchical structures are being slowly dissolved with much more remote working, uh, virtual companies. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I both work in a kind of virtual business environment and we are not um, we are not in work environments where we're going into a building every day and interacting around the water cooler or the coffee machine. And in fact, interpersonal skills are becoming more important because when uh, digital nomads is a kind of a phrase applied to our kind of working, mm-hmm. when we do meet people, <clears throat> we need to be on form, right? We need to yeah. be on our game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's why this kind of thing is crucial. And in fact, um, you can, in fact, train yourself to be more charming. And that brings us to a guy called Jack Schaefer. Mm-hmm. He's a psychologist and a retired FBI, FBI. special yeah. agent. And he's also a likability coach. That is interesting. interesting. (laughs) And he has a book, of course. He has a book, which I'd like to read, actually. It's it's called The Like Switch, as in Mm L-I-K-E. And he actually points as an example to the American TV host, Johnny Carson, I think. Yeah. Everybody's heard of Johnny Carson. Yes. And everybody would kind of look at him as a quintessential example of somebody... Well, a very charming individual, but actually, in fact... In his private life. It's learnt behaviour. Exactly. He actually forces himself. Mm -hmm. And that in his private life, he prefers to be alone. Yeah. And he... Actually, we mentioned this uh, before. Did we? Yeah, in a topic we mentioned that he was going home... uh, Rather than mixing Rather than mixing with everybody else. And he was acting practically every time he was on the camera. Yeah. It was like his attitude, his personality was changed instantly. He said uh, Carson admitted he was an extreme introvert. Who trained himself. And he trained himself to be an extrovert. So clearly it is possible. Yeah. Um, And obviously Johnny Carson was famous for (laughs) smiling and laughing and making jokes, but he wasn't like that. No. In private. So let's get to it. So here are some... What can we do? Here are some tricks that you can try at home. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's nothing dangerous here. No. All you need is a mirror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe some friends, right? So if we go back to the psychologist Schaefer, the ex-FBI guy and the uh, author of The Like Switch, uh-huh. he says, he summarizes it very simply, he said there are three major things that we do when we approach somebody that we don't know that signals we are not a threat. And the first one is called the eyebrow flash. The second one is a slight head tilt and followed a by a smile, right? <laughs> now, now, you've, now we've said it, we've yeah. all seen it, right? We have seen it, of yeah. Course of course we have. And the problem is, quite often, unless things are pointed out to you, you don't, you don't yeah. realise what's going on. So basically, let's start with the eyebrows, right? So uh, Schaefer says that our brains are always surveying the environment for friend or foe signals. And 
an eyebrow flash, which is a kind of a quick up and down movement of the uh. eyebrow, only less lasts a fraction of a second is the the first thing that we do, right? mm-hmm. followed by the tilt and the smile. Yeah. So just, you know, think about that. Do you think you do that or not? Mm-hmm. And I think we probably all admit we're not sure, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of it's to do with anxiety, isn't it? Yeah. And um, the next thing that you can do when you've actually got in front of somebody is to is basically don't talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. Talk about the other person. Now, this is interesting, actually, because um, I've actually come across this before, and I've a realization about my own style, shall we say, mm-hmm. is I realize that some somehow I I have adopted that and I know that is something I do. Mm-hmm. That when I meet somebody for the for the first time by luck or whatever, I I kind of try to get the other person to talk about themselves because I came to the conclusion many, many years ago that people are fascinated about themselves. Yeah, usually like that, yeah. And we'll talk forever and a day about themselves if you give them the opportunity and it makes them relaxed. Mm-hmm. Right? And lo and behold, apparently this is actually quite a crucial thing about being charming, which is make it about the other person, not you. So the the golden rule is to make people feel good about themselves. And if you make them feel good uh-huh. about themselves, they'll realize you're the person that's doing it mm-hmm. and they'll like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if at all possible, you do have to show genuine interest in what they're saying. Yeah. Actually, I have seen this trying to be applied sometimes. Right. Uh, to which I also don't have an interest in doing anything and then I spoil it <laughs> right right yeah and, <laughs> on purpose actually yeah well of course right yeah you have to be aware of yeah. what's going on don't you uh-huh. that's the thing and um basically what the experts are saying is that obviously uh eye contact is very important yeah. um and that you need to listen get the other person to talk about something about themselves yeah because you know what's the hardest part i, I believe in this thing mm-hmm. To actually show the interest in what the other one is saying. Yeah, because... Because you can still apply that, let's say, technique mm. and do it, do it like that. Even but it's not. very easy to spot sometimes when it's just the trick. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. It requires practice. Practice. Right? Uh-huh. And obviously, it depends how skilled you are in this, is whether people are convinced by what yeah. you're doing or not. And the, the advice given is that if the person is actually boring your brains out even mm-hmm. though they are talking about yeah, themselves that yeah, yeah. look in look give the eye contact but directly but focus on something about their eyes maybe the color maybe the what whatever but try and maintain that eye yeah, contact. Yeah, yeah. as soon as you break the eye contact you're breaking the the magic mm-hmm. yeah totally. so um the other thing that you can do is um a thing called making emphatic statements. And this might actually get the other person to open up. Yeah. And this comes from Schaefer, 
who uh, has used this a lot in his work. And he gave an example of once being in an elevator and there was a, a student in there who looked very pleased with himself. But mm-hmm. He didn't know him. And he just said to him, it looks like you're having a good day. And this guy, this student, went on to tell him all kinds of stuff. Unsolicited, yes. right? And this is actually one of the tactics used uh, in information security right. and hacking, for example. Yeah. Because, like as fishing, I have mentioned yeah. before, yes, uh, people will always feel uh, good about themselves when somebody is uh, uh, praising you. They feel you flattered, a, right? You, when someone gives you a comment that flatters you, yeah. things like this, they are more prone to give you all kind of information after exactly. and obtain you information that you needed without yep. even really asking for it. Yeah, yeah. You don't really have to force it. You have to make that people... And we like or we tend to trust somebody, mm. like it says here, that makes good comments about us. Being personable. Yes. Yeah. And it's so easy, like you said, open up and give information that you don't even ask for. Yeah. And some, sometimes you may realize that... And then afterwards you might go, <laughs> oh, why did I say that? Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, we both know that um, these... Um, there's another ex- example, not of phishing, not a security stuff, but I think we've both seen over many, many years where you sometimes come across these things online where you get an email and the email is a huge long email uh-huh. and they're trying to actually get you to buy something and the email is huge. huge. It seems to go on and on and on and on and on. And apparently I looked into this at one point as to why yeah. why are those emails like that? And apparently there are people out there who specialize in writing those emails and they make a lot of money because there's a lot of psychology in those emails and they're slowly kind of pulling like a fishing uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, like, like landing a big fish mm-hmm. and they're slowly reeling you in using all kinds of well-proven, well-known psychological buttons that the consumer Yeah, they try to reinforce certain information. That's why when you read them, you notice that they repeat the same information and phrases are repeated at certain intervals during the text. Like a pulse. Yeah. Just to keep it going. And the main idea then gets impregnated in your your mind. Yeah, it's like almost like building up almost a hypnotic... Yeah. It's like almost building up suggestibility. And then at the end, uh, buy these, subscribe to these, you know. Yeah. So, a little interesting diversion. But I I, I think the same principles apply. Yeah. Um, Another thing you can look at is try and find some common ground with Mm -hmm. the other person. So, we've covered getting them to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've, We've talked about making sure you're engaged with them, eye contact. Um, finding some common ground. So charming people are often skilled at finding something in the other person they can interact with. So not just kind of listen and go, yes, no, that's interesting, but actually have some kind of conversation. And actually you can be talking to somebody who you actually disagree with generally but if you actually listen carefully to what what they're saying, you can usually figure out something that you can agree with. 
and that's all you need. And apparently a decision that a lot of, shall we say, smart people make is they're so busy composing their response that they actually Mm -hmm. don't spend the time to actually, they've got the other person to talk, but they're not really listening. And that you need to spend time actually listening to what they're saying. Yeah. And potentially kind of feeding some of it back to them. Mm-hmm. And then you can have a conversation. And then, although you may find the person disagreeable overall, yeah. you can actually still make progress because you find something to have an interactive conversation about. Yeah. Um, and uh, this same uh, expert also says that it's a very good idea to keep up with current events, yeah, either in the news generally or in your industry. Because that gives you uh, a lead on starting point. a conversation. Yeah, a talking point. A right? talking point, yeah. That you can start to talk with that person, yeah. create that initial yeah. contact and relationship, and then yeah. so make for ex- an evolution. For yeah. example, you and I might go to, God forbid... We might go to an <laughs> IT industry event or something, uh-huh. a networking event. Now, personally, I'd rather chew my left foot off than do that. <laughs> but but obviously the smart thing to do would be to go into that uh, networking event with a few key news items about your industry mm-hmm. so that when you do get in front of somebody, you can go, hey, you know, what about... What do you think about that? Yeah. And off they go, right? Yeah, and you're you're away. So it's uh, quite interesting that um, that is a very good tip, I think. Yeah, exactly. Keep yourself up to. Uh, there was another example there that is very uh, common one, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're from California. Yeah. Well, I'm from California too, yeah. and then boom, you make there a connection exactly. immediately. That is a a kind of a, a spontaneous. Yeah. Contemporary reference, isn't it? And immediately makes you uh, likable. Yeah, because you have some common... Something is in common. It's common ground. (laughs) And again, if it was a social event, Uh obviously any kind of general news that's very current will serve in place of industry news. Mm -hmm. So, you know, get yourself clued up about the top stories of the day and there's your... Yeah. What do you think about this, right? Mm-hmm. It works, right? It does. And the next one is interesting because this is a trick used by a lot of uh, human resources people. Definitely. It's mirroring. Mirroring. <laughs> so to make other person to like you, you mirror the movements they are making. Yes. And we have seen this in human resources people because when you go for an interview for a job, yeah. if you sit uh, with your hands over the desk, mm-hmm. the person will mimic you, mirror you, yeah. sitting also with our hands on the desk. If you go backwards yeah. and put maybe your hand in, in the cheek yeah. or in the head Watch or them. or cross your arms, yeah. they will do exactly the same movements you are mm. doing in a timing manner. So you start to resonate mm. with well, that movement. Well, in fact, uh, experts, are, experts say that you can actually use mirroring to test how your relationship is going with this new person. So if you think it seems to be going okay, do something with your body Mm -hmm. that they can mirror, and if they're actually liking you, likelihood is they will mirror your body movement. Mm -hmm. And if they do, then you know that you're on the right track. Yeah, exactly. That's a nice trick, I think, Mm -hmm. right? And then the final 
tip. Well, there's a couple of tips, actually. Yeah, two more, I think. Um, two more tips. This one is kind of called the Hansel and Gretel uh, yeah. approach. And um, Schaefer, the FBI, ex-FBI guy, he says that a common mistake that many of us make, and I think this comes from anxiety, uh-huh. is that we we talk too much about ourselves. Yeah, right? and that you said it, anxiety is... Yeah one of the biggest problems when yeah. you start to talk like this. And it's the same thing about going somewhere where you're anxious and if you have, if there's wine or beer, <laughs> yeah. don't pick it up. <laughs> no. Drink water. Yes. Because you tend to, to overdo it. Overdo it, right? So, you know, pick the mineral water or whatever uh-huh, uh-huh. and you can chug that all night. Right? <laughs> uh, we all know people who uh, have fallen for this thing of yeah. uh, using it as a uh, an anxiety thing. It's like smoking, yeah, right? it's like smoking. When everybody used to smoke, that's one of its functions was mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. soothe your anxieties, right? Yeah. Um, so what Schaefer recommends is that um, when you're engaging with this new person, uh, don't overdo your gabbling. Don't, mm-hmm. don't talk too much. Uh, let information out your, about yourself in little dribs and drabs, little crumbs of information, because what you really want to do is get the other person to talk. Yeah. So don't stop them talking. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you gradually release information about yourself, get them talking, and that then keeps the relationship moving this evolving relationship. Yeah. So we come to the last <laughs> yeah. point, which I called, I'll show you mine <laughs> if you show me yours, which is basically yeah. um, if you want to get things moving, you can actually kind of pump the push situation. It. Push it a little. Yeah, kind of you can pump the situation by becoming, how shall I say, not more aggressive but kind of you can artificially move the situation on. And what you do is you use presumptive statements. So, for exactly. example, so for example, you'd say to somebody, uh, you sound as if you're maybe 25, 30 years old, question mark. Right? Yeah. And they will then naturally go, well, actually, I'm only, I'm Fair. actually 40. Right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for mentioning yeah. it. You live with your question yeah. of trying to obtain the correct information. It's an open-ended uh-huh. question that they mm-hmm. kind of have to fill the vacuum, right? Exactly. And if you can phrase it as a potential compliment, yeah. even more so. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, same, the, the same one is mentioned there that can be used as quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Quo pro. Exactly. <laughs> so, again... Um, you can use uh, offering personal details about your own life exactly to get them to share with you a certain detail as well yeah. related to that. And in fact, uh, if you're in the sales environment, uh, if you actually try the quid pro quo when you're feeling confident about the relationship, and you actually get a response, a quid pro quo response, a shared intimate detail. Mm-hmm. That is often the cue to go for the sale. Yeah. Because you've now reached a level of 
shall we say, intimacy, mm-hmm. where the the other person is open to suggestion. Yeah. So this is a fascinating Yes, subject, and right? check in the show notes because we're going to put the links for the books yeah. because there are two and actually some here. Of the, some of the articles. And, and the articles, yes. And uh, the one of the, the like switch. Yeah. And, and the, the one, one from uh, Alexander Todorov, Face Value. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they both look interesting, actually. Yeah, indeed. So, what do you think about that? I think it's interesting. It's interesting, yeah. I yeah. mean, we both knew a lot of it. Yeah. Right? And maybe you also knew something about this, our listeners. Of course, of course. Uh, but sometimes we tend to le- not pay attention too much to this yeah. uh, aspect, although you know it. Yeah. Sometimes it goes... Uh, beyond and sometimes you are more uh, prone to pay attention i think it depends a lot yeah. in the situation you are on but it is easy to overlook these uh, things, yes of course right? and in reality you actually need to make a conscious effort mm-hmm. to become skilled at these to become skilled and to become comfortable in yeah definitely things. and this is not manipulation this is Pay attention to what's... This is trying to maximize your communication opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And we all want to get the greatest value out of our communication opportunities. And these mm-hmm. are the mm-hmm. kinds of things you need to pay attention to. So we thought we'd just do a... Yeah, it was good. It was a good topic. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Rafa and I will now engage in a meaningful conversation after the show <laughs> so what are we going to do now then now actually we reached the end of the show because uh, has been uh, time is ticking on yeah so we'll see you next week I think hopefully next week we will be able to have enough finally again yes because now we are extending a little bit the shows have been the last two a yes, little long a little long so we're not going to do one this week yeah uh, next week uh, maybe we'll be able to make one. We'll, we'll see. Tr- we'll try and keep the yakking there to uh, <laughs> allow for an unfinding. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Yes, we have people to meet, places to go. Yeah. So, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Down the rabbit hole. See you, Carl. See you. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mind Radio 2017.